HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by VisitNapaValley.com, the official page for travel to the Napa Valley, America's legendary wine, food, arts, and wellness capital. For more information, visit www.VisitNapaValley.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
live here on Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. Shout out to Greg and the fam and Anna uh, holding it down on the fort. Shout out to Liz. What's up, Liz? We kept it easy for you this Sunday. Um, no actual bands playing. Uh, we're just hanging out. Uh, guests of honor. Happy the dog. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, might be the first dog on Snacky Tunes. Really? I think so. We've had babies. Oh. That's, he's kind of a baby. He's kind of a baby. Uh, we have a very special hangout, husband and wife, let's all fall in love edition today <laughs> with uh, Electro Weidman and James Marshall here on Snacky Tunes. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Hello, thank Happy you. Happy to be here. Um, I met Electra because Electra is the new executive food editor over at Refinery29. Crazy, right? And we had a very nice meal together, and, w- and when I knew we were going to be friends... Um, for life is when you eschewed the dessert course for the cheese course. Oh, and, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, this girl. <laughs> Every I time. Like, I was like, James, you're a lucky man. I am a lucky man. I'm getting fat up all the day. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, the, uh, the daily treats thing. Oh, the work. daily dose of yum. Daily dose of yum mm-hmm. where you get all the amazing, awesome. I, the only one I was bummed about was the um, oatmeal whiskey. I know, but did you try to get in there? I was five minutes, like, I saw, I wrote in yeah. for, to, to claim it, but I was, like, five minutes late. I was like, there's just too many people. So for people who don't know, I get a lot of really awesome snacky treats that get sent to Refinery29, which I'm always so grateful for, but I am one person and I cannot consume all of them, so yeah. I usually consume one or two myself and then put out a daily dose of yum to the entire office, and then people swarm to the kitchen to consume these things, and, and, and it's awesome. And never bring any any of those home. No, I brought you like a great tequila and some whiskey that I wasn't allowed to drink at Nothing work. Nothing I can eat. That's true. They're perishable. Um, that food, <laughs> good food goes in but does not come out of that office. <laughs> um, so, Electra, you have an amazing past. Thank you. Ex-model. Yes. Still current writer, but founder of the Impatient Foodie and things like that. And we're going to get to all this amazing stuff, but... I always love when we have the time to really dig deep to go back as far as possible. And James, feel feel free to hop in too. Of just sure. when you realize that food was more than just substance. When you when you sort of had this feeling of love for food, was it you you realized later that there was a love for food as a kid? Looking back, or like as a child, you're like, oh, my grandma slipped me this cookie in. I think I had like two turning point moments. My first one, I'd say. I've always been really passionate about um, the environment and sustainability. As a kid, I had like this nightmare that the world exploded and then I was floating in space and this blue whale would like float by me in space and it would be crying because like we damaged the earth. And, you know, it was like very like reoccurring nightmare that I had. So I went to the London School of Economics, studied public health and um, some classes out of the environmental kind of school and came away with an understanding of pretty much nothing except for the fact that the only thing I could do on a daily basis to, um, you know, lessen my carbon footprint and my impact on the environment was to make really specific choices around what I was eating, um, which felt, you know, empowering, something I do every day, usually three times, if not more a day. So that was my first kind of moment. And then my second one was James and I joined a triathlon team a few years ago. And we did a lot of really great races. And the second that I started baking my own food and um, not relying on disgusting gels and all that stuff, I got a lot faster without training more. And I managed to get my best half Ironman time ever on entirely my own baked goods. Scratch Labs. Shout out. Scratch Labs. Scratch Labs is like this like very cool team of people who created this book around how to make your own race food and they have like a great like powder but they're very like nutrition but like real food oriented for athletes have you ever heard of levane bakery no levane no. bakery is this, i think it's on the upper west side and they make these giant like delicious carbo loaded cookies mm-hmm. for triathletes and things like that that sounds awesome which might wake you i i know that you can bake but if you were ever in the mood for something sweet or something and something that is fuel as well mm-hmm. they they make bonkers cookie like bricks That's but awesome. like soft delicious ooey gooey it's crazy it's, it's like it's on the list, <laughs> it's on the list now <laughs> after this like heaping loaf of butter you just had oh my god it's so good what about you james where did you fall in love with food um i think mine was much much later um when I mean, as a kid food always seemed to be an interruption between playing mm. you know playing with the, my friends and climbing trees and throwing myself up the up the chimney stack uh, it probably wasn't until about <laughs> about six years or seven years ago that my love affair with food really started and that was when I met Elettra. 
um, because she's a, so she's a mighty good cook. Um, and would always insist on me trying this and that. Um, and actually, there was probably the time when I really started to appreciate it. I actually take my time. James didn't like eat things like olive oil when I first met him. I mean, or or like cheese or mushrooms. Or anything yummy. I mean, really, my, my food intake was boring. Yeah. Is that... And I mean, I say, no offense, but did you grow up in a boring food household? <laughs> Do you know the funny thing is? Yes. Uh, mom, if you're listening to this, I apologize in advance. So my mom is the most boring cook in the world. Thank God this is a Mother's Day episode. I know. <laughs> it was, okay, Electro, back me up here. Poor Linda. When you, when, you ate, when you ate at my mom's house... Yeah, it was a little brutal. It was... <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The potatoes dry. (laughs) And also, my mom's a celiac. And so she has. She's allergic to like everything, like eggs, gluten. So, like, there'll be peas on one side of the plate. There'll be like some dry liver on the other side of the plate. And maybe some carrots kind of dividing the two. Um, So, that was, yeah, so pretty boring background of food. But now it's like a a colorful rainbow of explosive colors. And your mom? Can you shout out your mom? My mom, shout out. She, like, talk about who she yeah, is. Yeah, talk okay. about who your mom is. My mom is an actress. Her name is Isabella Rossellini, and she's hilarious. Hilarious. And really funny. fun. And we just were with her, was it last weekend? In Boston. In Boston. Yeah. She's filming a movie up there, and she's just super fun. Which and we can't she, say what she's talking about. But no, we, we can't can tell we say, what movie it is. Can we say who's in it? No, we can't. We're not allowed to. It's scary. Okay. Well, I know. We can't, we can't say that, that one name rhymes with... Um, Jamie. James. Okay, right. giving him a look. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, there, there's no spoilers because there's no listeners. So sorry. If I... <laughs> you don't don't I'm, say that. I'm glad you came on to promo your movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're with your mom. So my mom uh, has always been a really good cook, but she has was a model for many many years. So we also had a very I wouldn't say limited house, you know, food household, but definitely very clean flavors. You know, grilled chicken, like nothing. I never had like these this like mom that like baked up pancakes yeah. on a Sunday morning. That was like not her style, but I, I ate great food all my, all my growing up times. Yeah. You're still growing. Sweetheart. So, Thanks, still baby. Growing. Um, so we'll fast forward a, a little bit mm-hmm. and you did some modeling mm-hmm. and during your time as a model, you also opened up a pop-up restaurant right? called goodness. I did. Uh, how did that come about, especially in, an industry stereotypically known for not eating. eating. Especially not during, because these were around fashion weeks. Yeah. And this is definitely just like, it's a, it's a Diet Coke, it's a cigarette, it's... Exactly. Um, vodka. Vodka. <laughs> champagne. Champagne. Oh, so much champagne. So, I, yeah, I mean, I went to the London School of Economics and I came home vowing never to go to school again, and I never have, but I just could not shake what I had learned, and um, I just had you know everybody has to go to these fashion weeks and they're basically like a traveling conference where everyone's running on champagne and vodka and cigarettes like you said and it just doesn't work like there's such massive burnout at the end of like just new york fashion week and then many poor people that i feel very bad for have to go do four cities or three cities after that um which is brutal um and i just thought wouldn't it be great to if like Right outside the tents of Fashion Week, there was a place that you could go. Every day there was a different chef and a different menu, but all the food was like locally sourced, and you'd be like celebrating the bounty of like that given area. But somebody who came from Paris, who never has time to go see New York City, just to go see like 30 shows in a day, can still experience like some of the best chefs in New York City within like 20 feet of the tents. That I mean, was the basic idea. Good food conveniently locally sourced. Exactly. Love and then it. I never told anybody goodness was meant to be like goodness food, goodness in the sense that it was good for the community. I never told anybody what they were eating was like locally sourced organic, but it was just the idea that like if something is good and glamorous, people will gravitate towards it. You don't need to like greenwash it because I, I find that people, that's a turnoff. When people start putting their politics on the plate? A little bit. Yeah. It's it's also a little boring, though, isn't it? When everyone talks about locally sourced food and kind of shoves it down your throat. But actually, if you can just eat a meal and then find out afterwards it's locally sourced. Yeah, that was kind of the idea. Yeah. Exactly. Just be like, hey, what you just ate was locally sourced. Did you know that? And 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 also, Electra would uh, spend some time with the chefs and ask them not to cook with butter, but maybe try some other ingredient that was not so heavy. Because, you know, fashion people. Of course. I mean, you know, and also cholesterol and things like that. Totally. Yeah. Um... And the goodness, pop-ups had some legs. It did. They were like, I can't remember. There's like some crazy. Well, I grew a streak of gray hair, which I still have embedded in my head. Cause it's like so fucking exhausting. Yeah, but that's that's, uh, that's very refined. That's very. Thank you. 
Okay. And as a model, that's her look. Oh, did you want the gray streak hair, yeah. girl? Well, it's like luckily embedded underneath other hair, so you can't okay. really see it. But um, so we did two uh, at New York Fashion Week, and they were super popular. And then we got asked to go to Iceland to the Design March Festival over there, and that was nuts. James yeah. came with me to that. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. Um, didn't we feed like twelve hundred people in three days there, or something like it that? Was, wow. It was a revolving door. But we were only like we weren't even open for dinner. It was literally like just open for lunch, and we. It but was they really, packed. it was nice. They really, they really embraced it. I mean, they. Um, uh, we were actually uh, on a day off swimming in a volcanic swimming pool. As yeah. one does. As one as does. One does. As, as one does. Iceland out, is outside. nuts, by the way. And uh, we're sitting on the, on the side there, and this Icelandic guy said, oh, you're the guys from uh, uh, the Goodness Pop-Up. Yeah. We and were in all like, the newspapers there. It was kind of awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. But then I was so fucking stressed. Oh, sorry. No, I was stressed out. All right. I was so fucking stressed out by the end of it, and it was just, it got to this point where people were like, you really need to bring on investors for this idea, and... You know, I was like going down that road, but then I was like, I am just not happy running this pop-up restaurant. I'm not going to do it. It's just so brutal. Um, That's that's the toughest thing about something that's built from passion and then it gets slipped into a commodity. You're just, you know, why are you really doing it? Then is it really the thing that you wanted to do and all that? Can you give an example of one of the dishes that you made on there? Ooh, so I remember in Iceland, we like translated this the bowl of goodness which was like uh quinoa mm. um so there's like a, at the bottom there was like hummus and um pesto and then on top of that was like really nice fluffy quinoa and then all over that was like locally sourced um like vegetables and root vegetables and like this really yummy marinated you would kind of like mix it all together and it'd be this awesome delicious bowl um i can't remember any of the other menu items but i can look it up for you that's fine and is this where your whole idea of like the good food came from your whole like mantra of yeah, like eating, just making things taste good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it also comes from the fact that when I was a kid, you know, my mom always, she's Italian, so she wants to eat good food, but both of us had to watch fitting into size, you know, clothes clothes that are just so tiny. So you kind of try to teach yourself how to make healthy food that's like really amped in flavor. So you mm. kind of feel satisfied. So it's all part of that philosophy. Awesome. Um, well, when we... I want to take a quick break, but I want to talk about impatient foodie when we get back. Sure. Is that cool? I'm into it. Thank you. 
We have Electro Ryman, James Marshall, and their happy birthday pup, Happy, here on Snacky Tunes, just talking about good food, right? Yeah. I like this He's salad. Like, it's so good. It's ridiculous. I've eaten this salad and this pizza once a week for five years, five and a half years. No ne- one never can't tired wait on it. that. Never tired it. So, after you did the goodness pop-up, mm-hmm. or was it after the same time you started doing Impatient Foodie? After. After. Yeah. So, for those unfamiliar with Impatient Foodie, which is one of the most gorgeous food blogs, what do you want to call it? Because I, really I don't know. Is it a blog? blog? Is it a site? I don't know what it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Impatient Foodie. <laughs> it's on the webs. It's on the... Oh, the, <laughs> the internet? It's on the interwebs. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to invest some money in the internet. I heard that's... It's, it's going to be big one day. So... Goodness Ends, and then this is sort of your next food project? Yeah. So, Goodness Ends, and the reason Goodness Ends is because, A, working in pop-up restaurant biz really stresses me out and doesn't make me happy, and B, um, I just felt like it became a little bit too lifestyle-y. Mm. Like, the whole concept behind it became a little bit too refined, and, like, a lot of the asks I was getting was, like, show us how you make a pie on, like, a Friday. And I was, like, oh, my God, I don't know how to make pie. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, Especially not on a Friday. Yeah, you know, like, it was just, I didn't, I, and I'm not that girl. Like, I love food, but I'm not somebody who really, like, knows how to throw together, like, a beautiful quiche. So I did not Can you put foodie. together, like, stitch together an ugly one? Yeah, probably a really ugly one. It'll taste great, but that's not going to look, like, perfect. Yeah. Um, and so Impatient Foodie was kind of born out of this desire I had to like make really good responsible decisions about food and cook really great meals but also kind of balance the reality of my impatience which is pretty severe yeah very severe and um do not get in lecture's way in urban the life yeah <laughs> um and impatient foodie was born last July and it just really took off really fast so I guess a lot of people feel like they're impatient foodies and um and then refinery found me through well, contact hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, before sorry. we go into refinery let's talk a little bit more about the website okay let's talk about it it's beautiful thank you that is Davide Luciano and Claudia Fica who helped me with that and they are so talented so you have a bunch of different sections uh-huh. um, Thirsty Thursdays Imagine Dinner Parties I would like to talk about the Imagine Dinner Parties let's talk about it because it's like it's sort of the the most bullshit question of all time <laughs> and I and I have asked in the past like you know if you could have whatever dinner party that you would want to have like what would it be but this is actually like the question the answer mm-hmm. that everyone is going for mm-hmm. which is like this fantastical gorgeous innovative <clears throat> gathering thank you yeah the imagine dinner party series was actually born out of um do you know those books that you see advertised like in or like those like lecture series that you see advertised in like the new yorker or whatever and it's like learn how to be a great mathematician and like 50 yeah so there was one about food history and food culture that i ended up getting and it was this really amazing lecture series and just all about the history of food culture and food um and it was like and from there i was just kind of like oh like i wonder what like cleopatra's dinner party would look like like what would that feel like like who would be there what would they be eating and then from that i was like oh i wonder if we could start a whole series on impatient food we just imagine all these wild dinner parties whether they're based in reality or not um and to date these have all been not based in reality but right. one of the ones that i'm working on now is kind of half based in reality yeah but food based in reality stuff everyone can do that yeah so this is like you know we did a witch's hallows eve fe- feast uh what santa serves uh his staff on christmas eve we did uh the most recent one was all the different different mythological gods and goddesses of love and lust and what they eat for a feast on Valentine's Day. And um, we uh, and Electra decided not to do a Fifty Shades of Grey dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that was James's idea, by the way. <laughs> well, it was a great idea. It was, it was. Not really a dinner party, though. That's oh, more I'm like sure a, that after all that sex, you'd be ravenous. It was not a dinner party, it was just two people. You could do like a dinner on Fifty Shades of Orgy Grey. Yeah. Then that's a dinner party. Or Fifty Shades of, you know... Um, TV superstars. I'm going to say that given the craze of Fifty Shades of Grey, there were some caterers who probably provided food for... Oh, yeah, for sure. For those things. Um, oh, look, there's Happy on the website. For Happy's the sour, on the website. For the sour cream pancakes. Mm-hmm. So, of all the different um, postings and recipes and things like that, you know, Impatient Food is a very dense, very gorgeous website. Thank you. Where, where would you suggest people start? Like, what's like the one or two intro pieces to the website to give people, like, this is what is the perfect example of what we're trying to do here. I mean, I definitely think just go to impatientfoodie.com and you'll get to the homepage and that's just kind of like a once per week recipe that I put up. Um, 
And then people really love the Imagine Dinner Party, so you could go check that out. But we also have Thirsty Thursdays, which is cocktails, and we've got posts um, from recipes from friends like Kyle McLaughlin. Can I, can and, I say what my favorite part is? Yeah, you yeah. can. It's always easier for the person who's... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the, to like advertise it. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, so my, my favorite part on Electra's uh, Impatient Foodie blog is worth it, not worth it. Yeah. Which is basically, you know on the... Um, when you're watching these shows where the chefs are making these, these yeah. incredible dishes and you know you think, oh, wow, I'd love to learn how to make mozzarella. Well, in reality, Electra is very impatient but also very honest and a great cook. So Electra will take a dish like a, you know, or, or some a product you might want to make like a mozzarella and she'll save everyone a bit of time and effort by trying to make it herself and working out, is it worth it to make it yourself? Yeah. Or not worth it? Would you just go down the shop and buy it or try and make it? Yeah. For example, um, thank you. Thank you for the shout out, baby. That's okay. Beautiful. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, I love it. (laughs) For example, there was a fantastic video. I forgot the girl's name now, but she did a rainbow poop cookies and it like took the internet by storm. And I was like, fuck, I want radio. I want, I want goddamn rainbow poop cookies. Um, And so I tried to make them based on her recipe and bless her heart, her recipe did not work and I tried it four different times I really did and then I was like okay I need to have unicorn poop rainbow cookies in my life so how can I make this work so eventually what I did was just got a pre-mixed sugar cookie thing that you like buy at Whole Foods and I added some milk and I added dye to it and that worked but you know not worth it if you were gonna go for that recipe I made pho from scratch once and it was a nightmare it was like 70 or 80 bucks yeah. for, I mean, we got a ton of servings, but it was just, it took all day. Yeah. Shopping took a whole other day. Yeah. You need so many different types of bones and like to make the stock. And then I was like, you know, it didn't even come, not even close <laughs> not worth it. to like going not to Chinatown it. and getting a mediocre bowl. For like $2. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. So that's what Worth It Not Worth is about. And so it was from Impatient Foodie that... The wonderful was it Christine? Christine. Oh my God, I love Christine. I do too. She's Christine, kind of editor in chief at Refine Twenty Nine. Shout out. Shout out. Vision. You're awesome. Amazing. Yeah. So that's how she found you. Yeah, she contacted me through the contact contact form on Impatient Foodie, and I was shooting in LA, uh, shooting in London, rather. Sorry, when I got her email, and at the time, um, I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback about Impatient Foodie. So when I got her email, I assumed that. Um, she just wanted to collaborate on posts, which is, I had gotten a lot of requests for, which of course I would have been happy to do. So I went into the meeting with her like three weeks later because we were both traveling, thinking that she was going to be like, oh, we'd love to like put your stuff up on Refinery. But instead she was like, we're launching a food section and we want you to be the head of it. So what do you think? And I was kind of, my jaw kind of hit the floor. And I walked around the block twice. I walked around that to, you know, the Broadway block twice. Yeah. And then I called James and... And the rest is history. Started in Feb. Yeah, and now I'm eating more and more every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, chief, chief taster. We're going to take a quick pause because uh-huh. I want to hear about refinery mm-hmm. and the food and the whole new approach to that and just everything that you're going to and building this whole new department and component for the millennial women. Okay. About food and the modern relationship that people have with that, both as like doers and makers and watching what you eat and things like that.
Station. We're here with James Marshall and Electra Weidman, uh, power couple, <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati of the food world and duck world. Electra has recently joined Refinery29 as the executive food ed- editor, picked out of the e- ether by the amazing Christine Barbrich, who I love and admire love. and like worship daily. Totally. Um, and... Before the break, you were talking about how, you know, starting in February, and you sort of took a couple of laps around the block, and um, now that you have this insane forum, this platform, with an extremely devoted readership, what do you say to these women, and is it a conversation, or is it you telling them what you know? No, it's definitely a conversation, um, and I just think that knowing how to cook and knowing feeling confident in the kitchen is like such a major life skill not even for now just forever and i think that a lot of young women have come from households maybe where they weren't taught how to cook or encouraged to cook and i just really want to get in front of them with like exciting cool content that's like easy to follow and show them that you know they can make beignets with three ingredients and they can do you know it doesn't have to be like have a salad and have this like amazing steamed fish although it can be that too it's just more about like you know, you can you can get in the kitchen and make incredible things, and then I think that's a life skill that's going to carry them throughout their life, you know, until they're old, when they're moms or not moms or professional women or old ladies, you know, they'll, they'll always have the skill to be able to cook and take care of themselves. So I'm really passionate about that. I feel that there are a lot of really incredible food sites out there. You know, Bon Appetit, Food & Wine are great at what they do, but there really isn't a site for you know, like we say, everybody talks about millennials, but nobody talks to them. Right. So I just really feel like, um, this is an opportunity to like, you know, like one of the most searched terms I'm told, like the first day I got like this whole like strategic briefing, you know, it's like people want to know how to like scramble eggs, Oh my god! (laughs) you know? And it's like, no, but there's no place that you, there are places you can go on the internet and find like probably like a not so great YouTube video, but there's no place you can go and find like a super stylized, funny, engaging, fun, beautiful, you know, spread on how to scramble eggs and like then riff on that, like add cream cheese, add chives, add all this stuff and, you know, not feel like embarrassed that you don't know how to scramble eggs because got it. 
everybody's got to start somewhere and, you know, start with the basics and build from there. That's my philosophy. Two things my mother taught me before I left for college. <clears throat> what? Scrambled eggs. Uh-huh. And how to shop at a grocery store. See? But so useful, right? Never failed you. She, I mean, she actually taught you to shop at a, how to shop at a grocery store. Yeah. And... Well, what did that involve? I mean, picking out melons, looking at produce, like, planning for the week. I mean, imagine... I mean, if you don't know how to cook, um, or, or how about this? Like, if anything, like, imagine if you were a painter, something like this. Like, no one's going to... If you can learn all about, like, the great... In the Renaissance and things like that, but if no one actually tells you how to like use the tools, like how to use a paintbrush exactly. and things like that, then it's just like I can talk about food, but getting the basics. And every time I go in, I always remember my mother like this: is how you squeeze a melon, this is what you look for, like check the milk. You have a little bit of lenience, you know how to shop, when to shop. Um, my, but you know, my mom's a badass cook. That makes a big difference. Though. Yeah. There are skills that really carry you through life. So yeah, that's my philosophy. It's great. I can't. I'm excited. I mean, February. I mean, it's relatively new. I mean, it takes a while to find your voice. Yeah, I ramped up a, a lot really fast. And April, starting April, is really like my content, quote unquote, <clears throat> getting pushed out. So it's been an exciting, stressful, good stress time. And I'm very grateful to my wonderful husband, who's been very supportive and <laughs> taking care of me. Yeah, well, he's getting well fed. <laughs> he's am, getting well fed. And I'm having to double my effort at the gym. Just being to very keep up. patient. Oh my God. Being very patient. What are um, what are one or two uh, pieces or articles that you're looking forward to? Um, putting out that haven't been out yet? Uh, one of the things I'm super excited about is something I'm designing every month called Foodiversity. Mm. Uh, so basically, April's Foodiversity is Eggs 101. Love and the it. idea is that um, you start, we start, we, we release content throughout the week. And on a Monday, we start with Super Basic. And by the end of the week, you're kind of like ramping up your skills into something more sophisticated. So Monday's Eggiversity 101 is going to be scrambled eggs because people want to know. And then by slowly ramping up throughout the week to make a frittata by Saturday. Ooh. And then, you know, May has like another central ingredient and we slowly ramp up complication by the end of the week. So we're just kind of teaching people like, okay, here's how you make rice. Now here are five different things you can do with it that are varying degrees of complication, but you can fucking do it. And are you are you going to making videos? Are you going to be doing it? Yeah, making some videos. Um, haven't focused so much on that yet, but I made an intro video, which will be intro video to me. <clears throat> I know. I um, <laughs> which will be I, I unfortunately got too busy. I couldn't be a part of it. I which know. I was bummed. I was bummed. I, I, got, to, I got to shoot a banana because I hate bananas. That was fun. You, you know, do you, James, do you like bananas? I love bananas. Yeah, I think it's a love it or hate it. I don't know anyone who's fair, a fair-weathered banana for it, you know. Uh. Actually, Electra hates them so much that if I've had a banana, she won't snog me. Won't kiss him. Mm. So, you know. <laughs> That's tough. That's a little weird. So the, the, the banana has to, has to come post you know, post. So when Electra leaves, you have a banana party. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. I slot myself. You haven't had banana. that many bananas in the house, though, recently. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm afraid to. Yeah. I'm sorry. Baby. She comes home early, there's like, peels everywhere. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I almost fucking slipped on a banana peel on my way to work the other day. Which it wasn't would have just my been, fault. No, but it went in the last score with my banana hatred. Um, <laughs> now, James, uh, you were actually involved with a restaurant. For someone who yeah. is falling in love with. With Whitehall, which is uh-huh. white hot. Whitehall Ooh. is white hot. Thank, Thank you, you very Brent. much. I like the way you did that. Yeah, you know, alliteration is <laughs> one of my favorite things. Um, so, you know, from having, and again, apologies to your mother, growing up with not the most adventurous cooking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to meeting Electra, who exploded your taste buds into yep. a ferocious frenzy of feelings. A cacophony of a taste. A cacophony of taste. Ooh. Yep. A cornucopia of cacophony of... <laughs> Anyway, never mind. A, um, a gushing uh, waterfall of flavor droplets. Yeah, good, good tasting food, <laughs> yeah. as they say. Um, and now you, now you're part of one of like New York's most successful restaurants. How did that happen? What's what's the journey there? Uh, well, I saw um, three friends of mine that opened up a restaurant called Highlands, a Scottish place. Mm. Great whiskey. Love whiskey. And um, I just left the corporate world, and I wanted to get wanted to get involved in something that was more fun. And I've. You know, since you know, being married to Electra, I've got much more interested in food, and uh, there was an opportunity to kind of get involved in a restaurant, and that was basically it. And the guys are very, very hardworking, and it's a real, it's a real hangout, and it's a restaurant that's made by locals for locals. Yeah, you know, I have to say, I appreciate the neighborhood joint mm-hmm. openings now more than the front page worldly places that are going for the whales and things like that. Yeah, I mean, for us, you'll never see you'll never see any paparazzi pictures of anybody outside of our restaurant. You know, it's very, very low-key. Unless a uh, famous model, Electra. 
is there. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, I love to show off her gray streak last night <laughs> at Whitehall. <laughs> a Corona de Ville look. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. 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 Um, so, no paparazzi, local place, good food, great wine. Yeah, and it, and it's, yeah and it's, uh, we've got a good gin bar, and the food is kind of contemporary British food. So, we have my partners are um, Irish, Scottish. Um, Asian, Scottish, and I'm the I'm the English guy. So, uh, but it's you know there's no fish and chips there. It's kind of a little bit more upmarket. All, all boiled in vinegar, right? <laughs> we do have um, Branston pickle and um, HP sauce. Uh, look, I'm a huge fan of especially British food today. Huge, huge strides. It's got better. It's gotten worldly for sure. Yeah, it's gotten absolutely worldly of just the food they're doing, the stories they're telling, mm-hmm. the. You know, Burhall Market is bonkers. Yep. I almost had a meltdown there because I went there and I only had an, enough room to get one thing. Oh, no. And I just... You can't do I that. went by myself. I couldn't get anyone to go with me and I kept what? doing circles. We were out there for a wedding. Whatever. Like, no one wanted to get up at 11 a.m. Like, the day after, you know, the wedding party mm-hmm. and go eat. Call me next time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was going... I was like, what do I do? And I went to the... I got a chicken sandwich because the mayonnaise they use on the chicken sandwich is made from the eggs of the chicken that was the chicken breast of the sandwich and it was so full circle and like so just like oh my god like yeah. they're using the actual eggs that's what I went with and like I grossly ate it on like a d- the top of the double decker <laughs> and and it's also a very international place i mean london oh my god. The, the food there is i mean it, it, we have a lot of um, uh, a big indian community oh yeah and uh you know, they're known for their great curries. And there's, and there's, you know, hundreds of different types of curries that are actually British curries that don't even exist in India. So England does have a lot of diversity in terms of food. Favorite curry? Um, do you know what? I, I think I'm going to be pretty boring, boring and say a chicken tikka masala or, 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 or a, a lamb pasanda. Yeah. There's this sog paneer, this place called New Tabs, that's down like in the Shoreditch area. Right, yeah. That is just bonkers. I, I've, had, I've had a challenge with some curries when... Uh, uh, I had a fall once. A fall? A fall. A fall. Fall. Uh, uh, Indian fall okay. curry. Um, and it's the first time I ever actually understood what a second burn meant. Which means? <laughs> means that your ass is on fire the next ah, day. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yes. It burns on the way in and on the way out. <laughs> Dude, it's it's uh, like that in Szechuan and things like that. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick musical break, and then I want to talk about the American Dream Project. Great, yeah. How does that sound for you? Fantastic. Sky like a firefly, firefly. 
time to fall in So, James, tell yes. us about um, the project you're working on right now, which is coming out soon, the American Dream Project. Okay. So, well, have you ever had one of those mornings where you wake up and you're, like, tired of people just pissing on America and saying why we suck? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think after 9-11, and I'm just saying this, I was like, I was like it's a really sh- – every day is a shitty news day. Right. Like, I, I, I yeah. honestly – and, like, maybe – and maybe this is me becoming more aware. And obviously, when you look back, you're like, you know, if it if it bleeds, it leads, and that old trite thing. Like, no, it, no one ever goes like, the world's happy today. Like, that's not going to yeah. sell a paper. True, it doesn't. But I think there's, uh, you know, the, the news organizations seem to have evolved into these salacious, you know, channels that just pump out the stuff to satisfy advertisers because they get the ratings. And I think, you know, news organizations are they should be providing news that is newsworthy and not some of this other crap. So I, I basically had one of those mornings where I was tired of, you know, hearing all this bad news and wanted to hear something a bit more positive. And as an immigrant here, I guess I look, I look at America through a different, different lens. You know, I've always, I've always, uh, always wanted to move here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I thought, okay, well, screw it. You know, if I've had this idea of trying to see the positive side of America, why don't I try and make something of it? So the idea was born for the American Dream Project. And it's basically um, a Brit, an American, and I'm the Brit. So me and a friend, we got two Indian motorcycles, and we drove from New York City, 5,000 miles around the US, ended up in California. We only stayed with people we met on social media. Uh, We worked for our keep. um, And this whole thing was just so we could try and find some really happy, positive stories, some real, you know, really amazing Americans that aren't celebrities, that aren't, you know, heads of industry, just great everyday people. So uh, we did. We, we filmed in September. We just finished editing, and we are um, we've got a premiere on April the fourteenth, which is super exciting. That's so exciting. And uh, yeah, we've got a. Yeah, where's so, it, it going to premiere? Well, we've uh, so my my partners are Cole Hahn, and uh, so we've been in discussions around which outlet to put it on. We've looked at TV. We settled on web because we thought it could get a, um, a bigger market. So the um, so we're now looking at either Amazon, um, Condé Nast, Vessel, Netflix, or what was the other one? Um, oh, no, I can't. I can't remember the other one. I've forgotten it. Anyway, there's, there's like there's a, another option there. Bidding war. Is it, Starting now. Bidding war, yeah. Um, and then uh, The phones are lighting up. <laughs> and so it's going to go on web first. And we're actually in negotiations with a network now as well. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's cool. It's really fun. And it's a great... I mean, it's, it's a... Like, it's a total boys trip, you know, two guys going across America for a month on motorcycles is, is great. We met some really cool people. No, but it was really amazing, too, because, like, James really wanted to find out, you know, every day in the news we hear that, like, America's, like, on its knees, like, this country is crumbling, like, all this stuff is right. going south. And he met all of these incredible people who, yeah, maybe they're not looking for... 2.5 kids in a white picket fence but they still have these incredible dreams and they, their idea of happiness and like they're still working towards that so hard and just because it doesn't fit some ideal of like what's considered happiness the media just like kind of like doesn't cover it or shits on it and says it's like not a dream so James really set out to prove that wrong and I think you did a really great job well thank you people. and you're great and I love you I love you too <laughs> speaking of love <laughs> the story of you two getting together, as Electra told to me at Contra, is pretty awesome. And you you have to you do have to name check how the how it first happened because it's so epic. Um, and I think we'll end on this. Okay. Um, who can you can you co tell it? Does someone tell it better? 
I think James is James is incidentally taking a moth storytelling class right now, so this would be a good really? exercise for I, you. I just started. So He's give taking me a those stories out. Now you have to tell it on the radio. <laughs> All right, you have you have three minutes, and when you hear the uh, slide whistle, yeah. Yeah. that means that you have twenty <laughs> seconds left. Thanks very much. Uh, okay, so basically, um, so I was living in, in London at the time, and uh, an actress friend of mine, uh, this beautiful lady called Anna Friel, was. Um, uh, her boyfriend was shooting a movie and she said to me, look, do you want to come to this white bow tie and tails ball at King Henry VIII's old house, Hampton Court Palace, at a party hosted by ex-Prime Minister of Russia, Mikhail Gorbachev? That was like, like I think I got the invitation for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I think it was an Evite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it right. It was nice. Like the yes dancing no. Russian Maybe. bear comes out of the envelope. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, uh, so of course, you know, I had nothing else, nothing better to do than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> you may have had something else to do, but nothing better than nothing that. Better, nothing better than that. Yeah. Did you Did you have a white tails tux? No, no. So I had to. I mean, in England, you can rent one of those everywhere. Yeah, so, of course. So I, uh, so I rented one. Had it kind of. I had someone work on it a little bit, and then fast forward a couple of weeks, and we're driving down the driveway of Hampton Court Palace with. <laughs> With people standing on plinths playing the violin. That's crazy. Oh, and then there's someone else doing the ballet moves on another plinth. And I arrive, and the first person I meet is Mini Driver, and then Mikhail Gorbachev, and then Elton John, and Sir Ralph Fiennes, and Naomi Campbell. And it was crazy. It was totally, totally bonkers. And I'm the only person there that no one's heard of at all. I'm like, they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. It was Which, so crazy that the only thing you could do to be there was get drunk. That was my yeah. strategy. <laughs> And sometimes when Just no get- one knows who you are, that's, they either think that you are a nobody yeah. or so super important that they feel a little ashamed that, like, here's the one guy I don't recognize. Like, yeah, I should know this guy. I should know this guy. I think they just assumed I was a nobody. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, I, um, I saw Electra. Um, she was sitting opposite me on this big round table. And Elton John was playing, you know, on the, on the stage to our left. And I kept seeing Electra's side profile and, you know, trying to get her eye contact. And she was so beautiful that I actually, I bottled out of asking her out. You know, I'd walk towards her and there would be some movie star, some Russian billionaire chatting her up. And I thought, what? That's so not true. That, that minor detail is not so, true. So for the people, on, on the, the people that can't see my face, I have, you know, my teeth are so, or they were so bucked I could bite an apple through a tennis racket. Maybe you're so handsome. Uh, I'd like to side note that James has more campaigns than me this spring. So well, this please <laughs> shut up. <laughs> let's move on from that. Anyway, so... Um, Long story short, um, I, I realized that a letter was American when she spoke, and uh, she said she lived in New York, and I happened to be moving to New York six months later. Um, so she very kindly said to me, well, you know, who do you know? And I said, well, I don't know anybody. So she said, well, here's, a, here's my phone number and email. Why don't you give me a call while you're, when you arrive, and I'll show you around. So I was like, great, thanks very much. So I put this little piece of scrap of paper in my pocket, Six months later, I moved to New York. Naturally, did not phone Elettra uh, mm-hmm. because she's this gorgeous supermodel and I'm, you know, Billy Bumfuck Nowhere. You're a handsome guy. I can say that. Right? Yeah. He's handsome. Well, I appreciate Stop that. Stop hating on yourself, Yeah. Okay, I'm British, so this is <laughs> what we're good at. It's, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so three months later, I still hadn't phoned Elettra. I'm working late one night. I'm on the subway. I'm riding the subway home, reading the newspaper. And then three stops before mine... The train pulls into the station, and on walks this goddess. This beautiful. I mean, it's, there's literally dried ice going on from the platform onto the train. The doors open. Right. She sits right opposite me, and I happen to look up her skirt by mistake. I was wearing a short skirt. And I blushed, and she looked at me, and she blushed, and then we kind of smiled at each other. But I didn't recognise that she was the girl from the party, because at the, the party she I didn't was, recognise him either. She was wearing like this beautiful Giambattista Valli gown, and you know. You were in white tails. I was in white tails. You weren't wearing those on the subway? I was not, no. <laughs> some cheap, cheap suit from some cheap suit company. And uh, so I, as Electra got up and turned, I saw, her, I saw her profile. And I thought, oh my God, I've met this girl before. And as she got off the train, I realized it's the girl from the Gorbachev party. So I ran to the door. The doors close. And you know, sometimes the doors close and they just to try to open a little bit. So yeah. I had my hands ready to like wrench the door open in some masculine, manly way. But they didn't. The train pulls out of the station. Electra goes down the corridor. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the girl. Do I have the scrap of paper? So the next stop is my stop. So I run home, run up three flights of stairs, open my door, find my box of crap, 
and go through, throw the porn mags to one side <laughs> and basically get to this scrap of paper on the floor. And it's Electra's number. And I text her and we went out on a date two weeks later, which she bought eight friends. I brought eight friends for the date. Wow. Buffer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Total cock block. <laughs> Did you did you well, slowly <laughs> like I'm gonna put eight friends at the dinner table and for every time you impress me I'm gonna silently text one to leave. <laughs> Is that what it was? Well, it was like I was on the way to this date with James and I was like Jesus Christ like I don't know this guy this guy could be like an axe murderer like what the hell do I know so I just like called eight you know. friends. Well, I really called like two and they were hanging out with like right. you know four and then like we were like well why don't we just make it a big thing and then and, there were eight and so. I assume the date went well. The date went very well. <laughs> the date went very well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, we got married three three years ago this summer. Three years ago, yeah. But together, and eight, eight years. on our wedding night, he uh, at his speech, he made this great speech. I was going to say, at our wedding <laughs> on night. On our wedding night. I, like, no. I know you said we could curse, but there is yeah. some limit. <laughs> <laughs> um, at our wedding reception, James made this incredible speech, which was really fun and then funny. And then he, at the end, gave me a f- the framed piece of paper with my number on it that he had saved. Oh, my God. Liz, can we unscrew these mics and then drop them, please? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mic dropped. Ah, uh, there it is. Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Moth, and you, you, you did it in three minutes, too. There you go. Your moth teacher would be proud. Well, Electra and James, I'm so happy. And happy, who's now passed out. Yeah, it's pretty pretty normal. Um, oh, no, just give me some side eye. Like my dog. <laughs> like, I say his name, and he's like, you, are you going to do something here? Yeah. Like, no, I just... Is there food? I just, I just love you. I just love you. He's like, listen, I, if I don't get my 19 hours of napping yet, you know. <laughs> um, Somebody's well, going to be in trouble. Thank you for spending the afternoon with us. We loved thank it. Thank you. It was really fun. Uh, thank you to everyone. Shout out to the fam. Shout out to Greg. A special thank you to South Bites, Paul Key, Questlove. So honored that I got a chance to speak, to moderate the panel. Life's a dinner party. It's up online. I think we might be hosting on Heritage... But if you just search South Bikes Life's a Dinner Party, you can hear us talk about culinary creativity and authenticity and things like that. Um, and shout out to all of our friends and family who we love very much. We'll be back next week after spending the morning with Carrie and Claudia and Electra at the Jubilee. So, so, so excited. So excited. So That's excited. Okay. Um, and we're actually going to leave... Oh, websites. Mm-hmm. If people want to find out about your projects, oh. Instagram, things like that. Uh, yeah, so Instagram for the American Dream Project is HM American Dream. And if you um, look on Facebook, we are The American Dream Project. And uh, check out impatientfoodie.com. Yeah, it's great. And refinery29.com. And refinery29.com it- and tw- refinery29.com slash food. Awesome. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. We have an awesome show. Happy spring, everyone. Happy spring. Is it spring? It's officially spring. It's officially spring. We celebrated with a snowstorm. Yay. Womp womp. (laughs) All right, here we go. Thank you so much. We'll see you real soon. Well, I guess we'll hear you real soon. Yeah. All right. Ugh, ending on an awkward joke. (laughs) All right, bye, guys.
Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.